Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we've been united with Him in a death like His, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. For we know that our old self was crucified with Him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with Him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over Him. The death He died, He died to sin once and for all. But the life He lives, He lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death into life, and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you're not under the law, but you're under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you're slaves of the one you obey, whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you're now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to repeat that last verse, verse 23, because it's one of the most powerful and important verses in the Bible. 
For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We begin by a discussion on baptism and resurrection in this chapter. It seems a little confusing at first, but I want to just give you a first century understanding of baptism. In the temple area where Jesus often was and where he was ultimately tried, there were ritual mikvah baths that were set up there. And these ritual mikvah baths were used in Judaism for purification. If you were going to sanctify yourself or purify yourself before you went into the temple for some religious exercise, you would go through this mikvah bath. And if you were a convert to Judaism, you would also go through this mikvah bath. So John the Baptist built on this concept of the ritual immersion in the mikvah for his baptism in the Jordan River. And Jesus also built on baptism. He used this Jewish concept, as does Paul here in this chapter. So in the ritual mikvah baths, there were seven steps going down into the waters of baptism and seven steps coming out. If you go to Israel today, you can find some of these baths on the Temple Mount. There's even one in what's believed to be Caiaphas's house, interestingly enough, where Christ was tried illegally by the Sanhedrin. But the seven steps stand for the seven days of creation. And so the person that was going through ritual immersion was going down an old creation, the seven steps, being buried in the waters of baptism, and coming up a new creation, seven steps, seven steps for the seven days of creation in Genesis. And so we read in verse 3 of Romans 6, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. Now, I want to just break that down a little bit. We were baptized into Christ Jesus. We were baptized into his death. We went down with our old nature into the waters of baptism. Our old nature died and was buried in the waters of baptism, and we came up a new creature in Christ. This is um, indicative of the regeneration of the second birth, as John chapter 3 talks about uh, being born again. The waters of baptism are symbolic of the burial of our old Adamic nature and the resurrection of our new creation in Christ, our new nature. So just as Christ was buried in the earth, we're buried in the waters of baptism. Just as Jesus was raised from the dead, literally, on the third day, We come up out of the waters of baptism, a new creation in Christ, so that we may live a new life. Just as Jesus was raised from the dead, we're raised from the dead too. Because, friends, we were dead. We were separated from Almighty God. When we were born again, we were raised from the dead and created as new creations in Christ. We came up out of the waters of baptism, united with Him, and united with the victorious death that He died, so that we might be united with Him forever in a resurrection like his. So Paul goes on to say in verse 6, We know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. And so this crucifixion is mentioned here. 
we were crucified with Christ. In other words, our sins were attached to Jesus and the cross and paid for with the cross of Christ, atoned for by his blood, so that we wouldn't still be left here in our sin. We're no longer slaves to our sin. We're no longer part of that. It was attached to Jesus and the cross of Jesus when we received him by faith. And so he died with our sins attached to him and was raised to eternal life, holy, sinless, blameless forever. And like him, we've been afforded a resurrection from the dead because of his finished work. The resurrection of Jesus Christ rests in me and it rests in you. Verse 10 and 11 say this, The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Does this mean we're incapable of sin? It does not. It means we're incapable of life because of what Jesus has done. We're we're capable of life and resurrection life and sinlessness in him. Inasmuch as we move and live and have our being in Him, we are sinless. In our old nature, we're able to sin and to commit trespasses in the flesh against God. But our new nature in Christ is like His. It's been born again of the Spirit. It's part of the eternal nature of God. Inasmuch as the Holy Spirit has uh, regenerated our inner man, we're being born again, friends, from the inside out. And so grace is our master, not sin. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our Master, not sin. Verse 12, Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been bought from death to life. Verse 14, For sin will no longer be your master, because you're not under the law but under grace. So we're to be not slaves to sin, but slaves to grace, slaves to the goodness of God, the love of God, slaves to the God who saved us. We're slaves to righteousness. We've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. We want to please our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by living lives in accordance with the price that he paid. When we were slaves to sin, he died for us to set us free from the control of sin. Now we're under the control of righteousness. We've been set free from sin. We've become slaves of God, and we reap the benefits of Jesus' life and live in holiness as a result of his life in us. And so the result of all of this is that we have eternal life in Christ. You see, friends, our sin earned us death and separation from Almighty God. But Jesus came as the gift of God to all mankind to save us from what we deserved, to give us a hope and a future, to deliver us from death, to give us a resurrection life in the future ahead of us. I've never been raised from the dead, friends, but I've apprehended the resurrection of Christ by faith. My baptism was a sign and a symbol that I too will be buried and yet raised from the dead in Christ Jesus. And so verse 23 says, The wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We've received that gift of God, that eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord by faith. We don't have to pay for the wages of our sin. We receive the goodness and the gift of God through Jesus Christ. His resurrection life and his eternal life given to us by grace. Lord, we thank you that grace is our master, not sin. 
We thank you, Lord, that we're slaves to righteousness, not slaves to sin. We thank you, Lord, that death no longer has mastery over us, as it no longer has mastery over you. We thank you that we are united with you in your death, and we will be united with you in your resurrection. We bless you now, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.